Thanks for tuning in for Gospel Solutions for Families on the Mormon Channel. This show is all about offering practical, relevant tips for raising children in faith. I'm your host, Amy Iverson. children know that song well. It declares that scripture power is the power to win. But are we teaching our children that scripture power is more than just a song? The scriptures hold real promises for us and can be such a help in keeping us close to our Heavenly Father and our Savior. Joining me today are a couple of people who truly believe in the power of the scriptures. Sister Joy D. Jones is the primary general president. Sister Jones graduated from BYU with a family living degree and loves being in the temple and visiting children throughout the world. Also joining us is her husband, Robert B. Jones. He has his doctorate degree from Western States Chiropractic College, practices in chiropractic and functional medicine, and is also an author. Together, brother and sister Jones have five children and 19 grandchildren. And we're happy to have them here. Thanks for being here. Sister Jones, scripture study has been a real focus for the primary for years and was the theme last year. What, why is it so important that our children really find that power in the scriptures and have a love for the scriptures at a young age? Oh, that's the whole point. That's the whole point, Amy, is to have that at at a young age. My prayer is that every child has that opportunity to experience feeling the spirit, actually feeling the spirit as they are reading the word of God and recognizing that there is a power there that blesses them every day. And it's, it's such a sweet thing to watch children when that little light goes on, when you can read with them and you can talk to them about what they're reading and see that they, they feel something different. There's something different when they're studying the scriptures. Well, and when we say we know the scriptures are true, like it says in that song, Brother Jones, it can be hard sometimes. How can we tell if our kids are really getting anything out of it? Or sometimes I think they're just thinking, I don't understand any of this. How can we make sure they're actually learning something and getting something out of their scripture study? Well, hopefully you start seeing it coming out in their behavior. You know, like if you're reading Moroni, chapter 7, it's about charity. And so as you discuss that with your children, you don't just read it, you stop and discuss it, and you you apply it to their lives. Um, Susie, what happens if somebody treats you meanly at school? What's your, how would you, you can even act it out with them, role play it with them while you're doing family scripture study. It doesn't always have to be the, the cold, hard reading. You can, and sometimes with our children, when they were small, we'd be reading a passage about Nephi or Alma and instead, or Captain Moroni, say. And while we're reading that, we'd put one of our boys' names in place of Captain Moroni. Mm-hmm. I love that tactic. Just so they can feel, well, that could be me. Yeah. It's applied to me. That's impactful even to me when teachers will do that, you know, as, as we read scriptures. Before our children can know something is true, they actually have to read it, right? And so, but I like that you're saying sometimes we don't have to focus on quantity, right? We're focusing on understanding. But what are some of those tips to actually start scripture study in our family? Sister Jones, I mean, how did your family make that happen? I know that sometimes you feel like you don't even have time to breathe, let alone find time for scripture study. I understand that challenge in families, especially today. Yeah. But we faced that even ancient, ancient <laughs> history years ago when we were raising our family because, um, because families are busy. 
But I think the first thing is just to make that commitment to decide it is important to us. And as a family, counsel together and talk about why it's important and get everyone on board and then determine when are we going to do this? When will it fit our family schedule the best? And then make it fun. Make it a positive thing. It's got to start with us as parents, whatever shape that family is, the the parents have to be the ones who who lead out and show that they're excited about it, that they're that they love the scriptures, that there is a real enthusiasm, because I think then the children pick up on that and and I think make scripture time a happy, wonderful time, not a oh we have to read the <laughs> scriptures again. Yeah, and I, so I think attitude plays into it a lot. I really do. And is that how you felt like your family really found the time is just sitting down, everyone together, getting input from everybody. Mm-hmm. When they're little, I guess they don't have as much say, but it's yes, it's easier to engage them <laughs> yeah. when they're younger. But, but that's the word is engage. Very seldom did we just read through the scriptures. A lot of time, let, let me give you an example. I'm going to quote a scripture and you give me the last word. And it came to? Pass. Very good. <laughs> okay. I, Nephi, having been born of? Goodly parents. Okay, so when we were reading, we'd read something and then I'd stop and I'd point to one of the kids, and they had to fill in the blank. And it came to, that was the one that went to the littlest one, mm-hmm. because she could get that one. But if it was something else, we kept them engaged by, Dad's going to point to me, so I better be listening. But we made it, we made it fun. We were enthused about the scriptures. And, and, and we tried to emphasize, why are we reading the scriptures? Why do adults read the scriptures? One of the primary reasons is to feel the Spirit. If we feel the Spirit when we're reading, then we know, I'm okay right now. Because you're not going to feel the Spirit if you're doing bad things. So our kids, and we'd always stop and say, kids, do you feel what you are feeling right now? Do you feel that? What What are you feeling? Yeah. Tell us what you're feeling. Yeah. Pointing, pointing it out and having them give the answer. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about this song, Scripture Power, because kids love it. It's always their favorite because they get to hold their scriptures up or their phones or whatever they're doing now. Um, but let's talk about some of the lines. For example, because I want the power his word will give to me, I'll find the sword of truth in each scripture that I learn. And of course, it keeps you safe from sin. It gives you the power to win. And these are powerful promises and how do we make the scripture something that our kids and that we see as a shield and armor and make that real to them? I think one thing, I, I just used this in a talk recently. I said, um, children are great imitators. So why don't we give them something great to imitate? I think as parents, we have to take opportunities to share experiences from our lives yeah. Tell them how the scriptures have blessed us. Tell them that day, wow, I went to, I went to work and I had this experience. I talked to someone and I, I started thinking about those scriptures that we read this morning. And something that we read this morning actually helped me when I was talking to so-and-so or whatever our examples. Just make it part of our lives. Make it real that it's not a segment of our, our life. The scriptures are are our lives. I and mean, it, it's something that we're constantly learning from and infusing into our lives. And so I think, I think just a lot of communication with our children. I think we don't give them credit for how much they can really comprehend and understand. Yeah, because I know we talked about not only you pointing out how it helps you in your day, but mm-hmm. asking them every asking day, them. 
maybe something that happened and then talk about how that... And showing them that, and, you know, maybe they have a problem at school with a friend. Well, let's go to the scriptures. Let's go to the scriptures and see what the scriptures tell us about what to do when we're struggling with friends. What can we look at? That reminds me of um, something that President Eyring once said. He said, we need to stop using the scriptures as a book of of quotations. Mm -hmm. The scriptures is a book of how to solve our problems. Don't just merely quote out of it, apply it. And I thought that was brilliant. It's a how-to book. (laughs) It's a problem-solving book. But we need to know where those scriptures are, and and that's why we have to study, too, so we can teach our children. And I know you're you're both big into involving the children. I think, too, just like you mentioned, pointing out an experience from your day— and then you say, I think the scriptures helped me. We really could ask our children about events in their day and maybe help them see that maybe the scriptures helped them, that you read that morning. Right. Well, Definitely. I know that you're fairly new to your calling, but yes. you've been on the board for a long time. And what a joy to be able to visit children yes. all around. And you're going to have many more opportunities. But how have you seen families apply the scriptures and make it real to them and, and find that scripture power? Mm. I've been visiting a lot of sacrament meeting presentations lately. And Lucky. that has been, <laughs> oh, you can't get enough of those, can yeah. you? So sweet to hear children stand up at that microphone and bear testimony of what the scriptures have meant to them. And take little things like, I love knowing that I'm a child of God, because when I read the scriptures, it feels like he's really my heavenly father and Jesus really loves me. And they put things so succinctly, but it's, it's from their hearts. They really have a deep abiding faith that they are loved by their Heavenly Father. And when they read the scriptures, they feel His love. They read His words. And I think it's such a, it's such a privilege to be able to watch that. When I was in Japan recently, there was a, a little presentation in sharing time. And it was a family. It was a father, mother, and three children. And they all got up and took turns in front of the primary, sharing their feelings about the scriptures and experiences that they had had and had learned about through the scriptures. It was the sweetest thing. They were sharing stories from the scriptures. You could tell they were so familiar and so at ease talking about the scriptures. And the children in the primary were just completely engaged. They were just so calm and quiet and reverent because they were they were really listening and appreciating what they were being taught. So I think that's so neat to be able to see the universality of it. Yes. You know, that yes. it can work anywhere. Yes, and definitely. how about you, Brother Jones, in your leadership callings? Have you seen the scriptures change people's lives, um, families finding the power? Yeah, and it's not just little children. It's teenagers. I've worked a lot of years with the youth of the church. And that's where we see... Okay, you had it as a little child. Now, what is it doing for you? Is it working for you? And yeah, we see that. We, we see some that it, you can tell sometimes, like I wasn't raised in the church, and I didn't have that background. So when I went on a mission, the scriptures were still a little foreign to me. And I'd compare, I'm not supposed to compare, but I'd <laughs> compare myself with some of my companions, say, wow, you, you have that background. And so that's what made me want to study the scriptures even more in the mission field. I've got to catch up mm-hmm. here. And so, yes, we see it in the youth today. There's a difference in kids who are using and reading, using the scriptures, and those who are not. They're more grounded, rooted, 
as Paul said, they're uh, fixed and they're, they're okay. Yes, and when bad times come, when hard things happen in their lives, there they've got that, that foundation that they can fall back on. And I think that goes back to what you said about the children learning that they are children of God through the scriptures. That's probably where a lot of that foundation comes from. Mm-hmm. And the earlier they can get it, if they can get that rooted in their hearts and carry that throughout our lives, because we know many adults still struggle to really understand who they are and that they have that, that incredible lineage being children of God and what that does for our identity, our worth, to recognize that. I, I have to share with you a cute thing that just came to mind. My daughter shared with me a few days ago that her little boy, he's three, and he came in the other morning and said, Mommy and Daddy, did you know we didn't read our scripture power yet today? <laughs> and she was so delighted because he's connecting the dots. You know, he's just connecting the dots. He may not understand the scriptures very well yet, but he's appreciative of those scriptures and wants to continue to learn. And he misses it when they haven't done it yet. And yet, you know, when I think back on our kids, we have five kids and they were little stair steps, the older ones understood more. But I remember very well, we'd always read early in the morning. And I can remember times when I was absolutely positive. There's two of the kids are fighting down there. They're <laughs> doing this stuff. And then I'd stop and i say, so what did I just say? Bang. They knew. They knew. You thought you exactly. had them, but they yes. fooled you. <laughs> and they're playing the, I'm in a bad mood thing. But they were listening. Sometimes I think they listen even more when they're doing <laughs> that. Yeah. I, it's amazing. They catch a lot. <laughs> so you said the younger, the better. So let's talk about, you know, the show is about practical things that mm-hmm. people who are watching and listening can take home. So for those little ones, mm-hmm. think back to when we had, you know, three and under, do we involve them even then? Yes. 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 How do yes. we do that? Well, first of all, I mean, we know they love to look at pictures. So you can, oh, the more pictures, the better. Show pictures of the stories you're reading about, but also use the the illustrated scriptures. They love those. I love those. Yeah. Love those. <laughs> yes. And you can you can have a little one who's learning to talk. You can read two words and say, okay, now you say it. And just let them say the words from the scriptures. No, they won't say a lot. I always said, you know, if you can have five minutes with the Spirit, it's better than 30 minutes without. And little ones, that's the trick. You've got to just keep it brief. You've got to keep it short and build. But, um, but I think it's, it's building that foundation. It's just building a foundation. And they become accustomed to it, and then they expect it and look forward to it. And, of course, there will always be challenges, and there will be... Um, a child that maybe isn't in a good mood that day or doesn't want to participate, but some tickles and some loves and some kisses on the cheek. And usually you can engage the little ones pretty easily. <laughs> Brother Jones, zero to three. <laughs> zero. <laughs> in 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, I was just, while she was talking, I was thinking how when they were small like that, we concentrated a lot on a lot of the stories, mm-hmm. okay, personalities in the scriptures. And I remember when we would um, travel, like we lived in California, and we'd come here with the teenagers to some of the BYU camps. On the way, we'd play what's called Who Am I? And it was, okay, I'm thinking of somebody, who am I? And they had to start narrowing it down to who it was by asking, I'd say, okay, ask intelligent questions. 
Don't ask, well, was it Moroni? No, you're not even there yet. So these scriptural characters. Because I played the other day about superheroes with my son, so I probably need to shift over and do (laughs) Mm -hmm. something a little more meaningful. Okay. And (laughs) Moroni did not wear a cape and a mask. (laughs) But it was so fun to see what they learned when they were three years old carried over later. And I thought they weren't listening. I thought they were fighting. No, they, they were really listening, and they got it. No. All right. Now, your specialty, primary age children. I'm sure you know lots of helpful hints for us when we're trying to get our kids that age. That's a wide range, but, you know, 3 to 11 or so. Mm-hmm. What are some ways we can start getting them maybe a little more engaged than just the storytelling? At, at that point, they want to be more involved. They want to feel like they know more. And I think giving them more opportunity, asking more questions. So if you had that experience, how would you feel? How would you react if that happened to you? What would you do if you were this person? Just giving them more opportunity to really listen and be prepared so that they can participate because they want to share and feel like they know know things. things. Okay. Yes. Yes. So When when they're smaller, you can ask yes and no questions. When they get a little bit bigger, then you can start asking the whys. Why was that such and such? How can you such? apply what we just talked about? Mm-hmm. How, would, how can you apply that to your life? How would that help you at school? Or how would that help you, you know, when you go visit friends and you're playing? And just, there's so many things that I think we can illuminate their minds in terms of, of so many ways that the scriptures can really bless and strengthen them, and and even memorizing scriptures, challenging them to ponderize, you know, to memorize the scripture, and and leading them into uh, memorizing the articles of faith, or working together as a family on the proclamation of the family, or live the living Christ. I think that all of those things just it generates more interest in other gospel uh, applications when you're studying the scriptures on a regular basis. And can I just say? It's okay. You know, families sometimes are so hard on themselves when they miss a day yeah. or things get complicated and they go, oh, we broke our record. We, we missed <laughs> right. it. You we know, and we did it over and over and we would just start over again. And I think we're too hard on ourselves and we need to just appreciate the blessing that the scriptures are and cherish them as much as we possibly can and, and try to make that. They say it takes, what is it, 25 or 30 days to make <laughs> a habit? Days. 21 oh. days. <laughs> So Well, and maybe you've answered my next question, but, you know, for those of us who maybe our kids have now been baptized and they're over the age of eight, do we need to hold them to a little higher standard about kind of taking some scripture study upon themselves, too? Sure we do. Yes? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's in a kind and loving way, but and, and you don't want to nag them, but you show them, you know, what are, what are the positives of this? And I remember, too— Elder Holland gave a talk one time where he said, we need to be a little more conspicuous about our religion. For those of us who are closet scripture readers, it's okay if you were out in the kitchen in the morning when the kids come out and they see you studying your scriptures or mom sitting on the couch reading her scriptures or even praying. It's okay for them to see that because they're going to say, wow, I guess I should probably do a better job. For some reason, mom and dad find something interesting in, in the scriptures. So, example. by example, it helps. 
Okay. Now let's talk about the tough age for me. Anyway, the older kids and, you know, for the families who have teenagers who may be struggling with their faith a little bit and, or even for some families who have kids who flat out say, I'm not, I'm not reading, you know, how how can parents handle that situation uh, while still maintaining the spirit in their home? And I think that's the key. Yeah. It's maintaining the spirit, making sure that they continue to feel loved and encouraged and accepted. I just read something from President Eyring that was so sweet. He said, what do you do if your teenager says, I don't want to read scriptures anymore. I read scriptures on my own. And he said, why would you complain about that? How wonderful that you've got a teenager who wants to read his scriptures every day on yeah, his own. Yeah, that would be great. The goal is feast upon the scriptures and feel the spirit of the Lord in your life. And I thought that was really sweet. But I think love, love is the most important thing. And I think we don't want to beat our children over the head with commandments. We want to love them, love them and draw them to our Savior and our Heavenly Father through our example, our love, our testimonies. And I think bearing testimony is really important too. Stopping when we're when we're reading scriptures. I think I think teenagers can, sometimes if we say, you know, I just feel, I just feel this or I feel that. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes we can worm our way into their sweethearts and and they'll feel something too. I've been trying it over texts lately. Oh, that's (laughs) great. A little little not quite in your face, but... (laughs) With the appropriate emoticon. (laughs) Um, Brother Jones, do you have any tips for us uh, who may have children who are just not wanting to be part of family scripture study? Like she said, love. But if if I had a son come to me, and, and our kids weren't perfect, but they, they're all active in the church now, and they've got kids of their own, so they're going through this with their yeah. own kids. Mm-hmm. But Payback, it, right? If I, had a, <laughs> yeah, if I had a child that came said, I don't want to read, the first thing I'd say is, okay, I respect that. Would you like to share with me why you don't want to read? Okay, then we go off on a conversation of, what's the real reason? Are you have, is there another problem in your life somewhere? That can spawn a whole nother conversation. It's not that he doesn't want to read with the, the family. Something else is probably going on that's bugging him. Maybe he did something he wasn't supposed to do, doesn't feel comfortable. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's get right down to, it's not the reason that you don't want to read. Something else is going on. And then explore that. Yeah, and you want them to be part of the family, and mm-hmm. you want to nurture those relationships, but... Yeah, and and maybe your teens still want to read, and that's great. What what can we do to make it fun for them? You guys said you had stair-step kids. How can families do that when they have all those ages and you're trying to cater to each one? You don't want people getting bored. How do we do that? You're flexible. <laughs> <laughs> and maintain a sense of humor. And maintain a sense of humor. That's right. Sometimes you kneel, and sometimes you sit around the table, and sometimes you're all on the couch, and you just mix it up and do what works. And sometimes you're doing scriptures in the car while you're on your way somewhere or, you know, on the beach when you're on vacation. Or and, and another thing that we did is the older kids got to teach the younger kids. Remember I said, and it came to, and mm-hmm. you said pass. When you have your older kids looking for the words when they're reading and it's their turn to read, they love to do that with the younger siblings because they'll, they'll leave a word out. They're like, Brandon, no. They aren't going to get that word. You know, <laughs> keep it simple for the little ones. And the little ones are sitting there, okay, what's my next word? You know? so, but having fun is for the little ones and the big ones. You know, that was our key. Let's 
have the kids keep the commandments, but let's have fun along the way. That's, That's well, and come really follow important. me now. I mean, our youth are being so encouraged to lead out more, yep. to speak out more, and mm-hmm. to participate. And, and that's an opportunity for them in the home. We can certainly practice in the home and let them lead out, give them as many opportunities as we can to you lead our scriptures discussion today. Why don't you be the one to, to Yeah, you mentioned that that might and, be a great um, incentive for a child who likes to fidget or whatever. Give them yes. some... Give them yes. a job. Hold up Let the them picture. hold up the pictures. Where's the picture for this story? Yeah. yeah. That's great. So as we end here, um, I just thought for people who think, okay, that works great for the Jones. They're perfect. Their children are perfect. Or that works great for people on social media. Their kids are so well behaved. And I think that there are families out there who just think that doesn't work for us. I mean, I think we just need to share with people that what works for one person doesn't work for everyone. Can, can you address that and just how there people was, have to be flexible? There was times when we were the ones you were just describing. Yes. That doesn't work. That can't <laughs> work for us. So we tried something else. You know, we read different things. And we, oh, now there's an idea. So-and-so at church said they do this with their kids. Let's try that. It didn't work. So we try something else. It's, we it's, just kept trying. Yeah, we, we would did. try rewards. We would try family goals. You know, if we read the, read the Book of Mormon this year or however long period, the time period was. We'll For go, a year, we go to Disneyland. We go some, <laughs> something like we that. We just came up with whatever. But it is, it is so important. It has to be individual. And the only way that you'll really know what is best for your family is as you pray together and ask Heavenly Father for guidance. Help us, Father in Heaven, please, to know what will work best for us. We want to read the scriptures as a family. We want to be led by thy spirit. We want to learn about thee. That's the important thing is that we're learning about how to become like our Savior. That's the whole goal is to develop his attributes and, and to feel the love of our Savior and our Heavenly Father. And, and so I just, I don't think that, I think there will always be an answer. I think it's just having the courage and the stick to to have that goal to make it work, to find their way of seeking scripture power in their lives and blessing their families. I know, I know if they pray sincerely that Heavenly Father will give them the answers they're seeking. And it's okay to do it differently. It doesn't have to be the same as everyone else. And I loved what you said about, and I think this can apply to maybe kids who don't want to read or you when you're beating yourself up. You talked about how there's really no room for guilt. No, no. That guilt can drive the spirit away. Oh. That they, they really don't go together. And so we really need to stay away from that. Yes. Yes. And you wonder as parents, is this doing any good? So if I can share a quick story. We had a son that was serving a mission in the jungles of Brazil, in the Amazon. And, when he, and it was a tough mission. It was really hard. When he came home, I sat him down and I said, you never complained. Now, were you ever scared? And he says, for the first couple months, I was terrified. Nobody spoke English. He was in a tiny Amazon little village. And I said, what got you through? And he says, you know, when, I, when I'd lay in bed at night and I'd lay there in fear, I looked back on all those mornings that we'd get up early and you'd, quote unquote, make us listen to the Book of Mormon <laughs> reading. He says, I would have given my right arm at that moment to just be back in the kitchen with you and mom and the rest of the kids to, to read 
the Book of Mormon one time with you because he missed it that much. But that's what got him through in the hard times. So parents, if they're thinking, this isn't doing any good, it is doing good. It really is. We have a testimony of that. And those primary songs will help, too, (laughs) because I've had missionaries tell me that they've used primary songs in those moments. So scripture power and um, all the, I'm trying to think of other songs that are encouraging for... Search, ponder, and pray pray. is a good one. Yes, of course. And Heavenly Father, are you really there? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And do you hear and answer every child's prayer? But I I think that's really helpful to our children, singing those songs. I feel so strongly about that. As they're singing, they are repeating doctrine, and, and they're, they're getting it in their heads and in their hearts. And I think that's, that's so powerful. That's why I love the Scripture Power songs so much. Those words, are they are powerful. And children sing them with power. You've mm-hmm. heard them. Mm-hmm. They love that song. They love that song. Thank you so much both for being here and sharing your testimonies about the Scriptures. I think that these are things that can help parents, for sure. Sister Joy Jones is the primary general president of the church, and her husband is Robert Jones. We've been talking about helping our kids to know that scripture power is real, and they've shared some great advice for parents today. Thank you for tuning in. Gospel Solutions for Families on the Mormon Channel. Subscribe to the podcast on mormonchannel.org, the Mormon Channel app, or on iTunes.